Welcome to the Appliance Educator Podcast, presented by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath, attainable luxury designed in Lake Tahoe. On today's extra magical episode of the podcast, we get to talk to a real-life DIY magician in every sense, Eric Buss. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Appliance Educator Podcast. It's your usual host, Drew, signing in, and I've got my regular partner in crime here, Nick. How you doing, Nick? What's up, everybody? And today we're joined by an awesome guest. I'm incredibly excited to talk to him. His name is Eric Buss. He's a comedian, magician, and treehouse entrepreneur. Eric, welcome. Oh, yeah. What's up, everyone? How's it going? My name's Eric. Happy to be here. So as you can tell, we're going to have a high energy uh, cast today. And guys, if you can, check out Eric's work online. This guy is like a DIY magician, I'm going to say, because he just fabricates all this awesome stuff. He's got great stories to tell. And if you want authenticity, he's fresh off of a run back from Home Depot. So this guy is ready for the applause. Still sweaty, still spray painting and still sweaty. Awesome. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing very well. Um, yeah, I'm excited because now it's the holiest month of the year. So I am uh, busy in my front yard decorating for the annual Burbank Halloween decorating contest. So that's where I'm at now. Uh, But I took some time off to talk with you guys. So yeah. So tell us about uh, the Halloween tradition and for your family and what what you're planning this year. Well, we've always done Halloween big. Uh, My wife and I, our first year living together many, many years ago, we did a big uh, Halloween party and it's become annual. And we will be having, not this year because of COVID, but it's now like the 13th or the 14th annual Halloween party. Uh, And we invite, I don't know, we've had as many as 80 people, 60 to 80 people every year. Uh, When we both turned 40 a few years back, um, my birthday's in October, hers is in November, and then we got Halloween in the middle. So our, both of our 40th birthdays was also on the 10th anniversary of the party. So we really went nuts that year. We got a DJ, a caterer, and a bartender. And so then we kind of made it even bigger. And now we refuse to go back and go smaller. So we now do it every other year. Unfortunately, we were in an off year pre-COVID. Then COVID was another off year. And then this is the second COVID year. So we haven't had it in a few years. Our son now barely remembers the party. But the good news is Burbank, California, entertainment capital of the world, kind of, Uh, (laughs) behind the scenes entertainment capital of the world. We have a lot of middle-class entertainment people here, Um, but we do a big Halloween decorating contest. Burbank puts it on and a lot of people go nuts. We have not won because people go much bigger than we do, Um, but we do go big and we are now doing our uh, theme. I think that's the fourth year in a row that we've done a discount pest control theme where we have our house tented for termites with some tarps. um, And we have the signs that say, you know, discount pest control uh, in the yard and up on the house. And then the bugs have taken over. And so, but even though we have just insects as the villains, uh, I still go gory and bloody. They have eaten all all the employees of the discount pest control and it is quite gory and uh, disgusting. So, sound effects, a few moving props, um, but a whole lot of spiders eating bloody things. Nice. That's awesome. What kind of DIY stuff have you built for that? Well, um, we have, you know, I always try to get like Halloween masks or heads because I don't do a lot of the real molding and sculpting, but then I will build bodies onto that 
or uh, by the skeletons. And then my favorite thing is the expanding spray foam. Um, that stuff is miraculous and it looks like guts. So you can spray it on a skeleton, you know, fresh from a store. The skeletons are clean, they're white, and they look like just clean bones. I spray the spray foam all over it, kind of pat it down, it gives texture, and then I spray the whole thing red. And then I do a little bit of purple spraying, like overspray, and that kind of darkens up the blood. It gives it some oxygen, oxygenated blood, I think, um, or deoxygenated, uh, whatever. And then it, it looks just kind of gory and, and it's got a really good texture. And then with the spray foam, um, you know, I'll spray just big things of it and it just kind of grows into these gross things. Spray that with red and then all of a sudden you have, you know, intestines or guts, whatever you need. Um, so when a spider is eating a skull head, I'll goop up the skull head, you know, put some guts coming out, some brains, whatever. And whatever that spray foam expands into is kind of what you get, which is kind of fun to see, you know, how it dries. And because it dries so fast, you can kind of keep moving with your project, spray paint it an hour after you do the foam. Um, plus we've made a bunch of insects out of the spray foam, which again, it's kind of, you know, expanding into however it expands, but I'll put some, uh, coat hangers or um, like uh, the pipe cleaners in as legs and antenna, wings, whatever you need for the bug. I've done giant black widows out of uh, paper mache around a giant balloon, paper mache that, spray paint it all black. And then I add the legs, the spray foam, you know, the front of the spider and then little, you know, pinchers or whatever. So I use spray foam quite a bit. Um, but I also for the house, for the this display, I throw tarps over the front of the house, like it looks like it's a termite tenting, um, gone wrong. The, the, you know, the tarps are all ripped and bloody and it does not look like a professional job at all, which is the whole point. Um, and then the front, I have this fake electric fence where I just shove big PVC pipe into our yard, uh, staked into our yard and then twine running horizontal and the twine, because it's got these little threads that come off, it almost looks like barbed wire in the dark with some light on it. Um, and then I put all these signs all over the fence, calling it, you know, electric fence and, uh, you know, danger, do not enter, blah, blah, blah. So it just looks like a complete uh, disaster area of a pest control house that did not win against the bugs. The bugs took over, they mut mutated, became huge and then the bugs ate all of the people. So that's kind of the theme. That's what we've been adding on to over the years. And like I said, uh, the judging is Monday. So I'm now in the last few days of throwing as much crap in, into our front yard as I can possibly think of. <laughs> yeah, make it as bloody and gross as possible. And all the, extra, all yeah. the extra limbs you can get. What I love, Eric, is like this energy is reflected kind of in all the projects that I've I've looked into doing homework for the cast from from your awesome story of like becoming a treehouse entrepreneur, as I said, and it kind of was so serendipitous for you, but also with with your act and like all the cool different things that you've put together for that. When I was watching, I was like, oh, this guy's like innovating his own new things to bring into his act, you know, things from the, uh, you know, the bubble wrap bike to tricks yep. with like the pogo stick. And I even saw some of the things that are in your online store and how it's kind of, I mean, it looks like a unique trick that you've brought to market. Yep. Where I tried. You, 
where did your background come from? Because you're clearly merging like your awesome creativity and fun with the ability to actually produce all these different items. Right. Um, well, I've, I've got into magic when I was 16. And of course you learn the classics and you learn the card tricks from all the other magicians and you read the books and the DVDs. Shit, when I learned it was VHS, then DVDs. Now it's online. But um, so I learned magic starting at age 16, but my dad was also a DIYer and an amateur carpenter. And his forte or his niche was birdhouses, bird feeders and Christmas decorations. So he would build these things and then he'd give them away for presents for Christmas. Everyone got a bird feeder one year. Everyone got a bird house another year. And we grew up in, or I grew up in Arizona. So he started making the bird houses look like uh, saguaro cactuses, or he'd make a Christmas decoration that was a saguaro cactus with little Christmas lights sticking out of the edges. So I kind of, you know, learned by watching him um, I, we do Christmas, but my wife is Jewish. It's definitely not the first holiday anymore. Like it was growing up. It's all about Halloween for me, but like he did, I will, uh, go build it on my own before I go buy it. Now, if it's like a fake head or something that I'm not going to build, sure. I'll go buy a fake head. Um, but then I'll build a skeleton for the clothing out of two by fours, just like my dad would have done. And so that DIY you know, attitude was kind of always in my head. And like my dad with all his raw materials lying around, I now have a workshop full of junk, uh, PVC pipe pieces, and here's a mirror, here's a tire, here's a bucket, you know, and let's see what I can do with all this stuff. So it kind of, uh, it's, it's in my garage year round. And depending on what I'm working on, usually, you know, 11 months a year, it's magic. Um, I'll take this and I'll take this and put them together. And, you know, somehow it comes, comes out funny or, or, you know, I'm, I'm really into juxtaposition where I'll take two or three items that shouldn't really go together and put them together. Um, so that's kind of the attitude. And then that attitude or that, uh, skill kind of started directing where I went on stage. And then on stage, I became this I'm a DIYer magician who builds weird crap in my garage and then I'll come show it, you know, to an audience. So instead of just behind the scenes, me building something, now it's me telling the audience, oh, I built this, this is what I do. And so a lot of my magic is now kind of has this workshop theme to it where I get the audience chanting about duct tape or I build the Rube Goldberg thing on stage, the bubble wrap bike, which was just kind of for a YouTube video, but you know, I, I had bubble wrap on hand and then I added it to a bike and then the, vi the, the video went viral. And so that became a thing. So all of my magic is kind of born in my workshop. Um, but the thing the the evolution that's kind of happened throughout the years is now I talk about building it on stage as opposed to many years ago where I would just build it and then perform whatever kind of magic that I had built. And now I'm kind of going, ah, I build in my workshop and I'll let you in and, you know, to peek at my workshop. And so that's kind of where I am now, uh, which seems to really be working well for me. And it's kind of the niche that I've carved out for myself, both as a magician and, you know, as a, a DIYer and as a, a dad and a father. And that's kind of what I do. And Halloween is another kind of uh, audience for me. Um, and it's, you know, my favorite holiday. It should be everyone's favorite holiday, but it's not, which I don't understand. 
Um, and then the treehouse thing, because of the pandemic, everyone was stuck at home. So yes, I, I kind of know how to build things and I, I have good instincts as far as how to build it, what to do, et cetera, et cetera, how to make it fun. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I also kind of have no fear when it comes to somebody asking me if I can do something and the answer truly would be no, but I'm too dumb to say that. So I, yep, I can do that. Let's give it a whirl. Crack at so, it. Um, again, and I, I, not to toot my own horn, but I don't understand why people are so scared to say yes when it comes to random projects uh, here and there. My wife has a nervous breakdown going into Michael's or Home Depot because she doesn't know anything about any of that stuff. And I go into Michael's, I'm like, ooh, what can we do with these and these and these? So yeah, it's become who I am, uh, but certainly came from my dad and, and, you know, me as a kid being a, you know, a builder as well. So. And before we dive more into the tree houses, I just want to ask, because I, I kind of got the same reaction when I was doing my homework on you. I'm like, not only are these things cool, but it's legitimately something I haven't seen before. It's a one of a kind thing that you've put together. Where do you get your inspiration from? Are you sitting in a chair and drawing and just jump up and say, Eureka, I've got an idea for the bike or is it kind of i'm gonna throw some stuff together and see what emerges from the madness uh a little of both i do thrive in a chaotic environment so even though it's nice having a clean workshop and i do love when i clean it out every year for the halloween party because i decorate the garage as well so i got to put everything away clean it out and it becomes like this late night lounge so that forces me to clean it well 11 months of the year my workshop is chaos but I really do thrive in that environment because uh, there will be literally a magic wand or a deck of cards right next to a hammer and a staple gun. So now I'm staple gunning cards together on a board going, well, that's kind of a cool visual. What can I do with this? And a lot of times an idea does come out of it. Um, and again, the bubble wrap bike, I was literally looking at bubble wrap in my bike going, man, how can I pop that as fast as possible? So it's just obnoxious. Oh my God, there's a bike. Oh, what if I ride over it? And then people have ridden over bubble wrap on bikes on YouTube before, and it's pop, pop, pop. And it's very, you know, uh, anticlimactic. And I thought, how do I take that to the next level? Uh, okay, I'm going to add this roll to the front of the bubble wrap. So it just is constant. So my magic is born out of these bizarre moments of me in my garage putting things together. Um, a lot of it doesn't work. And you know, there's a ton of ideas that I either maybe I keep in my garage and I laugh at once a year going, oh, I remember that that didn't work at all. Or I thought this was hilarious. Audiences did not get it at all. Uh, and then other times building it, uh, it falls apart and I go, nope, this isn't going to work. Or I build it and I think I'm not traveling with this to perform. I'm not going to take these two by fours on this, you know, around the world in my cases it, and it's just not practical, so it just doesn't survive. Um, so it does happen where my, my crap does not work. But the stuff you have seen or the stuff that really gets shown off or it makes it onto a video on YouTube, yeah, that's, that, where, that is where it works. Um, the inspiration is just kind of, I don't know. I'm always open for new ideas, uh, and I guess I refuse to get a real job, so I'm always home pretending that I'm working when in reality, you know, and buildy, buildy. And then, you know, my wife comes home at six. So what did you do today? Uh, 
I built stuff. This. Yeah. <laughs> I built stuff for my career. Leave me alone. You know. So no, sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you're just getting to have fun all day and be, kind of be that mad inventor in yes. your shop. So, Which is, and the tree houses were cooler because I could yeah. build something huge and grand, but then I wouldn't have to have it in my yard. I could actually keep it in somebody else's yard. I had a sense of, a sense of accomplishment. I was getting paid well for it. Um, and, you know, but then I could leave at the end of the day or leave when the tree house was done take pictures and go, wow, and pat myself on the back. That's awesome. Now I'm going to leave and I never have to look at it again. So, you know, each treehouse by like the end of the week, maybe two weeks, I'd get really tired of it. I'd be exhausted. It was almost done. Then I'd finish it and I'd be like, cool, I'm done. I never have to look at it again. I can cash the paycheck and start over somewhere else. So it really kind of kept me fresh. You know, each new treehouse would just kind of keep me fresh. So no, and that's a perfect segue, Eric, if you want to kind of dive into the story of your treehouse business and, and Eric Bus Treehouses. Hey guys, Drew from the Appliance Educator Podcast here, and I just wanted to take a minute out to talk about our amazing sponsor, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. You've heard the guests and the hosts talk about this amazing brand and all the attainable luxury that they create right here in the heart of Lake Tahoe, USA. From freestanding ranges to ventilation, dishwasher and microwave, to everything you'll need to complete your next bathroom project, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath is bringing luxury into your next project. So yeah, when uh, the, the lockdown happened, um we were all stuck at home and I built my son a tree house uh, using extra lumber we had. And it was kind of more fun than I expected. Um, you know, I've always liked tree houses, but I really never considered building one. And then when my son turned eight, it was an eighth birthday present for him. And I thought, wait, why didn't I do this two or three years ago? This is really fun. Um, so I built it and then put pictures on Facebook and his second grade teacher asked me to build one for her son and she wanted to pay me. And I thought, heck yeah, this is cool. And now I can make money during the pandemic. We're all stuck at home. So uh, I can go build her one. It took me about a week, a week and a half. I put pictures on Facebook and then somebody else contacted me to build one for her family. And they were in Burbank, short drive. And then somebody else contacted me and all of it was Facebook word of mouth. And each time, I would go visit them, ask what they wanted, uh, tell them what I can build, what I can't build. I would always be completely transparent with them saying, I'm not a licensed contractor. I'm not an architect. I just so, it just so happens I know how to build. I know how to build a deck. I know joists, I know safety. I'm gonna overbuild it. My dad used to build tables that you could put an elephant on. And so that's kind of how I learned. Uh, you know, it wasn't the most beautiful table, but you could absolutely stand on it and it will not break. And that's what I started you know, doing with tree houses, just overbuilding. And um, so all these people, nine times out of 10, they would say, yep, sounds good. Go to, you know, go to town. And uh, so I would kind of figure out a budget, give them a price. They would say, yes, I would try to spend, I sometimes I'd spend half of it on materials. And if you don't know that, <laughs> I'm sure you both do, the price of materials skyrocketed throughout the pandemic. Um, so my price kept going up and they kept, you know, being able to pay. Uh, I was hopefully finding, you know, wealthier clients or at least very financially comfortable clients. And um, 
we just come to agreement. They would say, oh, we want a rock wall and a slide and maybe a swing over here. And I'd be like, cool, we can do that. Um, but as far as like the details of the treehouse in the tree was always my final say. I would say this branch will not hold anything. This one will, we're gonna go out this way. And if I go this way, we can do this with posts and strength and blah, blah, blah. And they would always be like, all right, great, do it. So I was able to kind of free form, you know, work and, and do what worked best for the treehouse as well as what worked best for my skill level. And, uh, you know, some of them I was done in three or four days. Some would take about a week or two and I would just build and they'd give me a 50% deposit in the beginning, 50% in the end. And I, I have not heard any complaints. We're now at a year and a half, year and a few months past my first tree house. So all of my tree houses are over a year old by now. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Some of them are, are year old and some of them are not quite a year old, but I've heard zero complaints. Um, and all the pictures went on Facebook and they all got rave reviews. Uh, they're a, a, a minor fear of mine that, you know, one breaks later or something, but I did have in my contract um, uh, just a clause that said, you know, I'm not responsible for kids jumping out of the treehouse. Um, and I was using giant bolts, screws, big, solid pieces of wood. So I always, any client that was a little worried about safety, I would always say, you know, this one board, this railing, sure, it could eventually come loose and fall off, but it's going to happen one piece at a time. And if you keep track and if you, you know, monitor your treehouse, you're going to see a loose board long before anything happens with it. it. The entire thing is not just going to fall out of the tree one day. It doesn't work like that. Things get old one at a time. So I said, I live in Burbank. I will be living here for years. Call me. I will come fix something if we have a problem. And I became all of these people's friends. And that was a much better way to do business, I found. So again, I have not gotten any complaints, knock on wood. Um, no tree houses have fallen. No kids have fallen out as far as I know. Uh, so there you go. That was my treehouse career. And it was about a year, almost to the week, July 2020 to July 2021. I finished up my last one for now. Then magic back opened back up and... There's a few other treehouses, uh, people that are interested. I might do it more like late fall of this year, uh, early early winter next year. We'll see. But Magic is back open. So now I'm kind of balancing doing Magic uh, as well as building treehouses uh, or decks, whatever. And again, October, I took off for Halloween. But then November comes, uh, I got more Magic. And then I'll probably do another treehouse for some friends in November. So it's it's been fun but it's also been exhausting <laughs> i got some questions about the build of a tree house like what are you looking for in the tree what do you have to have in the tree to make it accomplishable good question so when i started doing it um when that first uh when my son's teacher hired me i started thinking okay i now need to know a little bit more about trees and tree houses in general and cementing and cementing posts and uh, pressure treated wood and all of that stuff, deck building, joists, how far should the joists be? So I started Googling and YouTubing all of that basic construction knowledge, um, how to build a deck. And 
all of these people, whether they were professionals or not, were saying the same important things, you know, this measurement and how to cement. And then living at Lowe's, just walking the aisles, reading the packaging. And, and ju I just started learning so much about construction. Um, but also with treehouses, there's the guy, Pete Nelson. And I don't know, I think he's up in Washington, Washington State. And he's got a show called Treehouse Masters. And each show, they build a new, big, awesome treehouse. And in the beginning of the show, they are talking joists, decking, and this kind of wood, and this kind of cementing. And so I loved the beginning of that show. Then later in the show, they'd get into, you know, drywalling and couches, like, because he's building finished homes and treehouses. I didn't need to know any of that stuff for my treehouses. I needed the beginning. Plus, on YouTube, there are a ton of uh, treehouse builders on YouTube doing their treehouses. So I learned a lot on YouTube as well as that TV show. I got two books for Christmas on treehouses. And basically, everything I've seen and done and read, I am doing it not only correctly, but probably more overkill than a lot of people. I'm using bigger bolts, thicker bolts, um, bigger pieces of wood because I really do want, you know, adults to be able to get into it, uh, numerous kids, whatever. So when I would go to a house, uh, I, you know, you want the tree to be pretty mature and trees like this size uh, aren't that mature, even though that's a hell of a piece of lumber if you're going to buy something eight inches in diameter. Right. So trees are stronger than you might think, but depending on how old the tree would be, um, I would post to the ground uh, and then also attach to the tree. And then depending on what they want, if we're going multiple levels, you know, I'm trying to leave room for a, a small ladder on the bottom deck to get up to the top deck. Where's that ladder going to go? Where's that top deck going to mount to the branches? And are the, are the branches this big? Are they this big? Or, you know, so all of that is kind of taken into account. Um, and a lot of times I would build from the ground up and leave myself some extra uh, structure for the second level. So I could kind of cheat and the second level might come all the way to the ground or it might come to the first deck. In other words, it's not even connected to the tree. It's merely next to the tree or maybe it's attached to the tree and the first deck and the ground. So it's, I'm kind of connecting to all these different areas. So that's kind of what I would do to ensure, you know, strength and safety all the way around. And it, again, it always depended on their tree. And sometimes their tree had lots of branches. Sometimes it didn't have that many. So it would just depend on what they had. And that's kind of how I would sculpt. And as far as knowing strength versus their tree, I was winging it. I would say, okay, the tree's a bit young let's do more posts. Or this tree is this thick, it's super old, it's been here for 50 years, it's not gonna fall down. Let's go just in the branches and really kind of have a clean look. So it would just depend on what they had, but I was self-taught and continuously being self-taught. And if moment where I didn't know what to do, I would either have some friends come and take a look, um, research it on YouTube, and, uh, and see what else I could do. So that's kind of how I pulled off every single treehouse was winging it. <laughs> I can imagine you doing like a strength test on a tree and just 
jumping on the branches and yanking them. Yep. yep. Exactly. I, I, that's you. <laughs> and you start off slow and then see what you can do. And what's it's funny you bring that up because at the end of every build, I would call the parents out. And of course, they would see it day to day. And I would tell them, come look at it day to day. I want you to see what I'm doing. And if you want any major changes, if you want the window over here instead of over here, or you know, you want it to look this direction, you need to tell me earlier rather than later because I would finish something and people would come out, oh, can you add this? We just bought this swing. Can you hook up the swing? And I'm like, well, that information would have been helpful four days ago. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I got off track. But on the last day when I would bring the parents out to look, I would jump on all the levels up and down in the treehouse. And I'd say, I weigh 165 pounds. I'm jumping on this. It is not moving. Your kids can jump on it. It's fine. And a lot of times they'd be like, okay, great. We trust it. Uh, and I'd, you know, get up there and shake it or whatever. So yeah, you got to test the branches, test the building. And that was kind of the fun part as well. And it sounds like the similar pattern in each project is you're really starting with a structural deck or series of yep. decks, right? So it's very a similar. A tree. Every tree house is a deck in a tree. Some yeah. of them have walls. Some of them have railings. Yeah. And one guy said, oh, can you build the roof so it's so we can get on the roof? And I said, well, that's a second deck. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's no longer deck. a roof. Now I'm building two decks. So now it's two levels. Oh, yeah. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. Okay, just build a single level and put the roof on. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> the other one's more expensive. So, but yeah, it's funny to listen to people and what they want. And they don't know anything about tree houses. So I'm now the expert. But then they say things like, can you build uh, the roof so it's strong enough to get on? And I'm like, well, no, but I can build a second deck, but that's more expensive. Oh, okay. I didn't think of that. All right. Do it the other way. So. <clears throat> awesome. And, well, uh, I think we're pretty much wrapping up here. Eric, yeah. what's your tour schedule right, right now? Where can people find you? And uh, Well, I just got back from my fir first cruise a few days ago. And as I told you, October is the holiest month, holiest month of the year. So I don't normally like to travel in October, but I'll do a gig for a week or two in the beginning. And if we have our party, it is a month of planning and building. Uh, but because COVID, we're not doing the party. So it's just the front yard. So I was able to take a cruise. I was on a cruise October 6 to 16. Then I'm off for a while. I'm uh, on another cruise mid-November. And then I am at the Magic Castle in Hollywood uh, the first week of December. Um, Nick, I'm actually in talks with the loft to come back up to uh, the loft in Tahoe. That probably won't be till closer to wintertime, January something. So gigs are slowly coming back, but it's not full, uh, full force yet, which is fine because uh, I'm, I'm enjoying being home and I'm enjoying, you know, building and stuff. So uh, again, yeah, mid-November, I'm on a cruise. Early December, I'm at the Magic Castle. So to answer your question, there's not a lot of places to see me <laughs> unless you're on a cruise or you're a, pri a member of the private club, the Magic Castle. So not too many public shows right now, but I will certainly Facebook them when they come around.
and where can everybody find you online? Because to me, you're kind of this awesome, uh, a creative DIY hero for the audience, for everybody ah, home who's doing that project. Here's a guy who's doing it on Halloween, tree houses. He's made it into his entertainment career too. So where can everybody find you online to get inspired? Well, I am at ericbus.com. Um, the tree houses are ericbus.com slash tree houses. However, you can go to ericbus.com and find the treehouse page. Uh, that'll take you there. I'm on YouTube, although I will completely admit, I'm the first to admit, when it comes to online content, I am not consistently producing content, and therefore my YouTube page is crap. My Facebook is a private Facebook, and I just post things whenever I want. My Instagram, I'm even lazier than on Facebook, and I'm not lazy on Facebook, but Instagram, I'm lazy. So you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, but there's sometimes some treehouse stuff, sometimes a little magic stuff, but I'm not doing DIY content. And a lot of people have told me that I should. Yes, I should. That's even more work than doing the project itself because now I'm a filmer and editor and that's where you lose me. Um, but you can find my work on YouTube. So search Eric Buss on your YouTube. Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Eric Buss Magic. Uh, Instagram slash eric bus magic i think <laughs> youtube whatever search my name yeah i'm easy to google and bus is with two s's eric bus b-u-s-s very easy to find um and you'll just find my random projects photos and videos well I'm, i'll put an extra word in to get you to the loft soon so you yes can thank you my tree in the new house and uh, yes. we can work on oh, that mix, together. Mix huh? got eyes on a tree. We'll talk about your DJing in a treehouse later because that's, that's something. I oh, do. that's what we'll do. We'll build a DJ booth in my tree in my backyard. Oh yes, that's awesome. right. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Eric. Is a blast. No I love looking at your stuff. So, audience, go out there and check out Eric's stuff because you'll get inspired. I promise. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. This has been the Appliance Educator Podcast, brought to you by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Appliance Educator for more tips and tricks and advice to keep your home running at optimal performance. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, leave us a comment. Appliance Educator, signing off.